Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Bobcast, episode 26, True Bobcast. Uh, my guest, uh, as always, in the series, the anthology of the detectives, is none other than Mickey. Hey, what's up, Bobcast land, Bobcast world? Welcome back to the penultimate True Bobcast. So, uh, episode 7 starts off in a bar. First time we've seen Rust and Marty together since 2002. The one thing that stood out for me in this scene was uh, Rust's eyes. Like, he looked like he was drinking all day. You know what I mean? Like, and Marty has a line where he's like, uh, God has a way with us all. You must have pitched him off. And I thought that was great. How did you feel about the scene? Yeah, I thought that scene was great, man. They talked a lot about debt. They really put the debt in true detective, if you know what I'm talking about. You don't look particularly healthy. Your eyes seem brittle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he tried. He, he laid him out. He's like, you know what? He wipes off the table. He's like, you know what? I'm uh, going to have this drink and uh, just pop off, son. I love it. I love it. He's like, um, if you were drowning, I'd throw you a barbell. <laughs> yeah, he really laid it into him. You know, all those old um, ghosts came out. All those old skeletons came out the closet really quick, you know, but... Russ drew him right back in, man. He turned that around real quick. Got him right out to the right out to the shed. He did. Um, you know, I wanted to ask you. I I, I should have had this uh, written down. But what's the name of the beer? Lone Star. Uh, Lone Star. Okay. So do you remember, like back in the day, when True Blood was, uh, you know, actually a decent television show? It's you know, actually, I shouldn't say it. The, the two seasons were bad on that show, but it's not True Blood cast Bob. It's True Bobcast. But do you remember when they made the, um, it was like you could buy True Blood, it was like a red soda? Yeah, I got one in my fridge. Yeah, me too, I got one uh, in my liquor cabinet, but uh, do you think they'll make Lone Star beer? And if so, where can I buy it? Well, there are online speculative rumors that the whole show is actually just a viral marketing campaign for Lone Star beer. Um, And I don't know if it's real or not, I don't know. Good question. I didn't Google it. So how do you know that there was a conspiracy or is a conspiracy? No, just I read all the articles this week and that's what they were asking if the whole show was actually just a viral marketing campaign for Lone Star Beer. I'll tell you one nothing thing. Nothing too smoothie. Yeah, nothing too smoothie. That, uh, that scene was great. Just them sitting there, man, the tension you could see it building. And for me, one of the things I noticed right away with this, I mean, every episode, the tone's different, but this tone was like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, you know, they've never done like like a story where you can see like a character arc over like you know twenty plus years or whatever you know. But man, like it felt like a buddy cop movie like turned sour. So like I guess we can move on forward to the storage scene. Scene like uh, Woody's like driving. He's looking over at Rust and like uh, man, dude, I I was sitting alone. Teresa was uh doing laundry. And she forgot it was on, so I was just pinned to my seat. And I was just like, man, dude, this is just fucking adrenaline-filled. Yeah, I was glued in, man. When they had that overhead, I don't know if it was a light or if it was the moon or whatever that... Whatever the, the uh, director had going on there was really, really, really tense, setting the scene. The music was real, real campy. You know what I mean? It was really like... Boom, 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 boom. It was really got you in there, and then, you know, slowly crept into the tool shed. And the best line was he's like, after he flicks the lights on and reveals that, you know, everything's okay. And he's like, what's your packing? 
lighting a cigarette. Like, how do you do it so quick? It's so great. He's like, what you packing? A 38? <laughs> Hollow point? Yeah. That'll do it. So we're in the shed. Automatically, we see Carcosa on the wall. We see uh, the man with the scars and the green ears. Um, we see the Yellow King spray painted. Coincidentally, that weekend I was doing a lot of spray painting. You can attest to that as well. So I thought that was strange. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So here we're face to face with a wall, a storage shed, if you will, full of information. And then in that moment, I realize I'm like, okay. He's either going to be the first two things he says says is going to determine if he's guilty because the show's always you know alluded through the whole middle part that Russ was just nuts, or he's been um, covert the whole time. And I think I did say that on an earlier uh, Bobcast that I think he's just been working the case, and he was. And I mean, and then like I'm like okay, like any other movie or any other script, he'd walk in, Russ or Marty would look up at the wall, look at Russ, and be like, okay, I'm in. But this show doesn't do that. This show takes this scene and extends it and makes it into, uh, I, I mean, like I had to watch that scene like three, four times just to like get all the information, mm-hmm. you know, the schools around the bayou and like the, he's like, I don't, there's a, like the, the, what's the name of the one school light of the way. And like, you know, Russ is like, I'm not sure like what the, the correlation is here. So like I was just drawn in, dude, you know, it was fucking crazy. Yeah, Marty threw some questions that left him bright-eyed and, like, doe-eyed, like a deer in the headlights. But, you know, he fumbled his way back into the cut, man. Uh, that that little, like, story with the white prince back in 2002, that guy who looked like Prince. Yeah. Uh, I forget his name right uh, now. His, but, name, uh, his name was Johnny Joni. Johnny Joni, that's right. I think that's Riff Raff's new uh, name of the week, <laughs> Johnny Joni. He's like, there was man with animal faces. Of course I didn't think it was real. Yeah, I think that might have been like a nod to um, Jared Leto's character in uh, Dallas Buyers Club, but who's to say with this show? So yeah, like that's the beginning of like, you know, um, the whole thing. And like, you know, at this point, Marty's like, he still doesn't believe it. Like, you know, he's like saying like, you know, he Cole interviews uh, Tuttle back in 2002 and he's like, you see, man, he recognized the scene. That's why he tripped out note two. And like... Uh, Marty's still not getting it. He's still not getting it. And then uh, Russ shows him some photographs, not in the safe, outside the safe of a winter festival, uh, blindfolds, antlers, masks. And it takes a little bit more convincing. Oh, yeah. Right? He uh, launches into the, the best, the, the greatest line. I don't know if you caught it. He's like, I told you about my time in robbery. Mm-hmm. Make a pretty ace B&E. Mm-hmm. I make a pretty ace B&E man. I didn't even, I didn't even like hear that the first time. Like it took me like the third time to like get that. But you know, that's fucking great writing. Yeah, it was great writing. Um, the 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 scene just has so much stuff in it. Like the Katrina, uh, Hurricane Katrina, photographs with the you know the Carcosa trees, and like you know he's like I think he had like a real good year. You know, man, that was crazy. I was just like ah. Oh. Yeah. And then Marty's yeah, like pretty much. Marty's like, what do you need for me? You know, he wants to get out of there. And, like, you know, Russ is like, it's a family thing. It's the sprawl. And, like, Marty says, uh, he, he uses a line I love to use uh, with my students. And he's like, it's conjecture. <laughs> it's like you've been alone for... Sounds like conjecture. It's like you've been alone for too long. Yeah. And uh, even the Marty self realization of that fact while he's breaking he's like i was aware that i might have lost my mind totally 
It was just wild. But um, it was like a real soft reveal of the most hardcore truth in the series. Like you waited all along for that, and then they like slowly, softly gave it to you. And that the casual whiskey pass, like that one scene. Remember? He oh yeah. Him the but I mean, like when when he before he passes before he passes in the whiskey. Um, I just want to go back and um, yeah. I when he's going into Tuttle's house. One thing that I, I don't know if it's being discussed in the internet, internet or not, but here on the Bobcast, I'm going to put it out there. Who He's with other people. Who are the other people? He is? Yeah, go back and watch the scene. It's not just Matthew in that house. He, there's one scene where there's two. Oh. Yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. That was like a montage. That was like right when he was talking about it. he was aware that he might have lost his mind. Uh, it just kind of like showed him like looking all around. Like I don't know, dude. You got to go back and look at it. I've seen it like three times. And I'm like, there's other people in the house. Not before his, his eyes know, come into the it's frame. Like, it's like a camera trick. It's okay. like a special effect. But anyway, so then you know, at this point, he's operating out of the law. So anything that he gets would be inadmissible in the court. But he just wants to get proof for himself, just so he knows that he's not fucking crazy no more. So he goes um, and he finds a safe, and the first thing he uh, shows Marty. It's more photographs, and uh, you know Marty's looking at it. Marty, Marty's looking at it. Um, he he's basically his face is in terror because he realizes you know these are pictures of the victim alive with the antlers on, and you know Marty's slowly starting to change. He's starting to like see Russ's point of view, but um, just when you think the scene could end and like you know we could skip ahead or whatever. He's like, uh, there's a videotape, and that's when he hands him the whiskey, and uh, he presses yeah, play. Yeah. And this this next scene right here, I'll let you uh, describe this scene, but this scene to me, it scared the shit out of me, man. Like, I remember, like, going to see the Burbs back in, like, 1989, and there's, like, this one witchcraft scene where they're out in the backyard wearing hoods, and they're digging holes, because Tom Hack's character thinks that um, his neighbor's <laughs> killing people and burying him in the backyard, but... This shit creeped me out, dude. Like, creeped me out for, like, the entire night. I didn't sleep well on Sunday at all, by the way. But, Mickey, tell everybody uh, yeah, tell everybody what's on the tape. But, uh, the great, the setup's so great, too, because, obviously, he's got a black and white TV, small, dingy, relic of the past, like, his entire life. And he pops in the tape, pause comes on, you see the scene that has been portrayed by the dolls in Audrey's bedroom, you see the scene has been uh, portrayed by him in the cop station with the Lone Star dolls around the body. You see that actual scene. You bear witness to it. And what it is is five men, of course. One dressed like a goddamn pumpkin king, yellow king. Nobody knows. Everybody's still questioning at this point. Who is it? Got the scars? We don't know yet. But it's introduced. And you see Marie Fontenot. You see her, and you see one person holding her one arm, one person holding her other arm, one person... Two people spreading her legs apart, and that's when it like pans up to the Yellow King reveal. He's dressed completely differently from all the other hooded men, and it's right about that time if they spread her legs, they pan up. You see the whole characters that they pan away from the screen, and they just reveal Marty, and he's sitting there slugging the uh, flask that's been present throughout the whole series, and he's just getting destroyed. Uh, he's just gasping. He's clenching his jaw. He's like, you know, oh Jesus, what? Ah, you know, he's in, he's in, he's in complete utter disgust of what he's, whatever he's witnessing, and which is all happening on mind. 
making us into the uh, <laughs> the evil uh, menace. But then uh, it's great because I don't know if makeup intended it, but he looks five years older after he watches that video. It just it looks like it just wrecks him, man. It's so yeah. realistic, like everything else in the series. The cool thing too about this scene too is um, it, it's not. It actually does stop, and we go to another scene. We actually go into the future a little bit, and it's Marty back with Maggie. And he's, like, trying to find out if, like, you know, uh, Rust was – what she told about Rust. And, like, you know, he's sitting there. He's like, I'm drinking tea now and shit like that, you know. And then uh, Maggie's like, um, you know, um, she's like, you going to help him? And he's like, yes. And she's like, why? And he's like, I have to. And, like, right then and there we know what we're getting in with this videotape is it's going to be, like – the most wild shit ever for Marty to like switch and go 360 all the way. It's the proof. It's the proof that we need. So, yeah, exactly. um, I mean, I'm getting the chills just hearing you say this shit. It's, it's such a great, it's so like, well uh, done. She's like, it, it took some convincing. <laughs> yeah. It took some convincing. Uh, <laughs> but, um, when we go back into, uh, the shed now and like Russ has this one line and he's like, they won't avert my eyes again. Not yeah. again. And, he's, uh, and then, like, Marty, like, comes to, and, like, he's, like, you know, now I need your help and shit. And, like, you know, now we realize they're going to team up. And Marty tries to, like, almost, like, pitch in again. Like, he's, like, Russ is, like, a former uh, partner. And he's, like, you shouldn't have that. And, like, you know. And then uh, Russ looks at him. He's, like, nobody should have this. That was fucking awesome, dude. Yeah. So the scene yeah, ends. It was so great. Oh, it was tight, dude. Tight. But then, like, you know, yeah. uh, the whole. And, and the look in his eyes after he finally says to his wife. Like, when she asks him if he's here to say goodbye, he just gives her that look where, like, the bottom of his eyes get brighter than the top of his eyes. It's just, like, despair. And, like, he doesn't know. It's, like, the ultimate unknown fear. But, like, he doesn't give a fuck. Like, what are you about to deal with? It's so great. I love how uh, the show um, reveals stuff um, later. Like, it doesn't just come out and write and tell you. And, like, one of the mysteries for me, for, um, I guess, the, a couple of... As soon as I start to see Marty in 2002... With the black Cadillac and like you know the fact that we knew in episode uh, seven he was packing heat at the end when Russ uh, came up in the truck, what he did, what he does for a living, because we know he's not a cop no more. So like uh, then we walk into this building, a new building, and it says Heart Investigative Solutions on the wall, and I'm like, oh man, this is so deep. So that means like he's got a license to be a private eye, and then like you know Russ walks in with the boxes and shit, and I'm just like, oh dude, this is so good. This is like the boys are back in town. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. Cue that yeah, theme, the theme music. It's like really heartwarming too, man. And Marty comes through with the good old regular dude dick style. Mm-hmm. <laughs> regular dude big dick style swinging, man. It's just great. The 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 catching up is perfect. I love how uh, they're putting the the room together, and um, they they do like stop a couple like images and like give you like a couple moments with like things I don't know if they want you to see on purpose or not. And then. Um, we got another good moment with uh, Russ where he's like, you know, how you been, Marty? How you been? And he's like, sorry, I don't remember you ever asking me a personal question. And, like, I'm like, okay, so not only did this dude fuck your wife, and you haven't seen him in so long, but they still have this bond that they formed way back in the day. And, like, I was like, oh, dude, this is just such good character development. I was like, okay, let's – and then, like, in that one moment, I realized I'm like, damn, dude, the show's going to be over in one more episode which means we'll never see this again, which, you know, for some, that's really sad. And like Matthew McConaughey came out on the news this week and said that this is it. It's finite. And it's like an anthology series confirming that. But, um, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It's a piece of art. Well, uh, 
we'll be able to dissect it forever. Um, I love how like they're asking, you know, he's he's trying to like gauge uh, Marty about his, um, you know, personal life, and like Marty reveals that he's like on Match dot com, and he shows this woman, and he's like, you know, eating a TV dinner with like the plastic not off. That shit, I was like, dude, rip the plastic off, dude. Like, what are you doing? But Marty just looks sad, dude, and like you know, Marty, you know, Cole's like, you know. He's like, I, f- I go to work or something. What's he say? Uh, same, uh, same, go to work, go home. Mm-hmm. Just real, like, nothing. They're both, like, they've become nothing. <laughs> and then I guess Cole reveals to him, like, that he's been in Alaska for a long time fishing and shit, which, you know, of course, like, Marty's reaction is like, okay, so why did you ever come back? And they discuss more of the debt, you know what I mean? Um he even, uh, like, I, I kept thinking to myself, too, like, okay, Russ says to, like, Marty, he's like, you know, uh, whatever happened to that girl? No, too, man. And, like, Marty's like, it's never going to last. Should have never started. But, um, yeah, it was great. It went on for a while. Um, and then they started talking about what they wanted to you be, know? you know? Yeah, it could have been a painter. It could have been a athlete, hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's crazy because, like, I don't know if it's every episode that does this, but I always get the feeling that I'm in the middle of an hourglass. Like, I'm just like, what time is passing through, like, when I watch this show? Because what it feels like they're witnessing when they reunite is, like, their roles switching. Like, Marty's becoming the more, like, hard-boiled guy, doing all the, like, work, making all the moves. And, like, before it was always Rust, looking into shit, looking, doing this, doing that. But now it's Marty. And, uh, you know, they're back on the case. The tax man's back. Tax man's back. And, like, Marty walking into the filing room, like, the look on his eye was just like, oh, shit. Yeah, you know what I really liked um, before he got the evidence is uh, when he's talking with the old guy and, like, uh, trying to, like, coerce him with, like, a bottle of scotch. He uh, says that he wants to be uh, a writer, and he's like, I'm trying this new thing called true crime. And, like, I was like, dude, I <laughs> I love that, dude. I thought that was so cool. I was, like, a, a nod to uh, screenplay writer or, you know, writers in general. But uh, yeah. I couldn't believe that they, you know, gave him access to all that shit that quickly. I love how the from that they uh, piece together the Jimmy Ledoux situation and they go to that garage and Rust is like still with his fucking ponytail but like dressed like old Rust would. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The magic is back, dude. The tax fans back. So like, and then the one li- the one line they drop after driving or between meeting Jimmy Ledoux, which I thought was great because like who knew there was another Ledoux? Um, glad they finally finally uh, tracked that down. But when they're going to see the next uh, uh, person of interest, Rust is like good old Rust. He's like nothing grows in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, total total like that, circle. That bleakness comes back. Yeah, definitely for me that scene where he's like when he was like, smoking a cigarette, saying the same shit. It was like the very first episode where he's like, "You shouldn't be saying that shit around here," you know? Like, yeah, that was awesome, dude. You know. Yeah, it's like a, it's a reflection. Like each each, it's like it's just start. I can never tell if we're the we're going into the spiral or going out of the spiral. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if we're like getting if everything's closing in or everything's just opening up. And then now it's like it's constant du- dual brain fucking dual mentality. It's great. So then we go to uh, a home. We we're collecting evidence and we go to a home of a. Uh... I forget her name. I don't know if you remember her, but she was yeah. a senior citizen who had, like, I guess, dementia or whatever. And within, like, 30 seconds, great. Russ was able to get information out of her, which was terrifying. Yes, horrifying. 
Um, he, you know, he, he gauges, there was some questions. He's like, is there anybody with scars on their face? You know, like, then he shows her, uh, the picture and it says, uh, yeah, shows, she's like, you know, Carcosa. And like, she delivers like this awesome moment of like pure terror. Like, it, it was just like, you know, crazy the way she looked at him. Like, she, you know, I always go yeah, back. That, was, that, thing, that freaked me out a little bit, man. When she started going just haywire he like he like triggered some freaking fracture in her mind that just sent her down this path of terror nuts yeah it was totally nuts um so at that point you know yeah him who eats time (laughs) what the fuck dude oh man you know they go outside and piece together some more evidence Uh, they go back to uh even, even that when they go outside it's like a reverse down payment with Marty going to hit that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That chick, he's paying her money. Just like he paid Beth money back in the... Like, it, it, it's such a, like, a, an asymmetrical symmetry that this show keeps fucking drilling down. If you keep, like, watching it, like, you can add what's going on right now to season episode two. It's, like, back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Infinitely. It's crazy. How do they do it? I don't know. Good screenplay writer. The guy, uh, Nick, he wrote... Uh, I forget what he wrote before this. I think he wrote for Criminal Minds or no, The Killing on AMC. But yeah, he really, uh, I, li- I like the fact that he decided the same writer wrote every single episode, and that never really happens on anything. Vince Gilligan never wrote every episode on Breaking Bad. Um, David right. Chase never wrote every episode in The Sopranos, and maybe that's why this show is so good, is that it's one person's vision from start to finish. Um, before. Maybe it's tight, man. It's, it's really tight. Tough. It's really good, tight, man. I was kind of hyped that uh, the guy that owned the bar's name was Bob. Uh, he's a guy that had a little boy missing since, uh, 85. Um, it, it seems like a great bar to go drinking. There's no, there's one dude in there passed out. Um, Maggie, Maggie comes in to, um, see Rust and you, uh, pointed out to me the imagery that uh, we see there. What, what do we see when, uh, Maggie walks in? To see Rust? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we see him sitting at, it looks like he's sitting at a table talking to someone behind like a glass clerk desk or something, but it's actually, a, he's sitting in a mirror, and which, again, just the reflection of the whole thing, and that's where she walks in, and you see him, like, see her, like, through the mirror, and it's just like, he treats her like shit. Do you know what we also see above Russ's head in that shot? Now, nah, what's up? Antlers. Antlers? Yeah, from the deer. <laughs> Which is crazy, you know? Yeah, I'm actually trying to kind of, like, lower my expectations for next week. Uh, I'm hoping it's, like, or I'm, I just, you know, want to let myself believe that it's not going to be this monumental, you know, situation. But really, how can it not be? True. Um, so then the information that they uh, acquired leads us uh, to former CID I guess it was who was it? There, um, he, he's now Steve the sheriff. But before in episode one and two, I believe he was um, their supervisor, right? Ted Childress. Yeah, but who's Steve the sheriff? That's the I one thing. Confused myself there. I, I kind of wrote down some names, but I don't. Ted Childress is the guy on the boat who okay. has the jumper cables for. Well, right? who's Steve the sheriff? He said, "In I like." Marching band suit. So we get um, an interview of um, 
or like I guess uh, Marty tries to like you know figure out what he can on the golf course. Um, that scene was pretty cool. Now, I love how like he's like walking, he's playing golf, and then like he walks over to the next hole and he realizes, uh, well, we realize that he has a gun, which gave that scene like uh, you know some levity to it. Um, and then like afterwards, like Marty walks out, you know, picks up the cell phone, he's like, "Motherfucker's lying, dude!" Like I was like, "Oh shit." What's what yeah. Russ is like? Uh, I got some. Uh, I got a battery and some. Uh... <laughs> yeah, jumper cables ready. Yeah, dude. Oh uh, wait, it was Steve Eras who was the who was uh, sh- sheriff of Iberia. He was a he was Eras beat. He was a beat cop back in the day. I don't know. Got a car battery and two jumper cables that would recommend different. It's a good thing that you caught that because uh, I, I that th- at this part of the show my mind was just so fried. It's still like it's like a, that episode is just you got to get it all in. You can't have any distractions. So um, you know, it, it all goes back to the detective's curse, man. The whole shit's been there the whole time, but it's like it's right under your nose, and it's hard to follow because while the characters may be a little one-dimensional, they're still a huge part of the intake of the content. The names are flying everywhere. There's so many characters. It's like the whole all the characters together are the only other character. And it, that's such a flushed out situation, but it's like about Marty and, and uh, Cole, but really all the other, they all have names. They all have three names and shit. They're all deep, but they really don't do anything. It's weird. So then um, Marty takes him uh, out on the boat ride, mm. out on the bayou, which uh, I think, I forget who told me this, but I mean, the reason they put him out on the boat is because it's out of his jurisdiction or whatever. So, um, you know, they're throwing back some beers. There's a line about, like, you know, fishing's like a good excuse to start drinking first thing in the morning. Uh, how do you feel about day drinking? Do you like day drinking? I mean, on vacation, I love it. I rarely, if ever, day drink. I don't, uh, I'm never up. Yeah. I'm working in the day. Yeah, I know, right? I, I enjoy it sometimes, but, I mean, God, it's a punishment the next day. So then, you know, uh we get to a point on the boat where, uh, you know, he, Childers feels uh, threatened and stuff like that about the conversation where it's going. Uh, Marty presses him some more, and uh, all of a sudden Cole shows up, and Cole's got a gun to Childress's head. Boom. And, like, um, the interrogation's going to begin, I guess, when we come back. And then, then we move over to, uh, what's his name, Detective Maynard? Uh, Gilbert or something like, and Detective uh, Papina. Something like that. Yeah. The, the two guys, and they have like a really good scene there. It's the first time we have actually seen any like real shit out of them. They've just always been the ones interviewing uh, Marty and Rust, and uh, you know they're talking about trying to find this church and stuff like that. And there's a little bit of uh, comedic uh, banter there. And then it occurred to me that maybe uh, in True Detective season two, it might be them, um, as we've mentioned before in the Bobcast that. Personally, I don't think shit can wrap up in one episode. I, I feel like it's going to be like um, they get close, and then like a circle has to begin again. They get, you know, the the whole thing just begins again with other people. It could very well end with them getting taken out by the Yellow King and like all those uh, ghouls and goblins. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, there's so many possibilities that you. I don't even think you could like think about the simplest one. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the simplest. But, but, um, What's it called? The uh, I think we glossed over a little bit. Another mirror-esque 
situation going on is why Marty quit the force finally. It was because some meth head, oh, yeah. you know, destroyed a child's life. Just like that's basically what happened to Russ back so long ago when he saw the meth head inject the, the kid to purify him. It's like they're the same fucking person despite how completely opposite they are. Yeah, that is true. They both kind of have the same shit, just different polar, uh, you know, aspects of it. Um, right. But, the, yeah, that microwave scene, man, God, that was good. Marty's face just said it all. It was like the breaking point. <laughs> so uh, the boat scene ends, you know, and then we got the, the Maynard and Gilbert show. Uh, they're trying to find that church. And then we come across that familiar motherfucker on the uh, riding mower. Which, how many times How many times did Rust interview this guy? Just once. They've seen him once, once outside the light of the way church. School. It's crazy, dude. So, like, you know, the, the, this guy, at that moment, I, I didn't realize it. I, didn't, I couldn't, you know, pick it up. But when you go back and you listen to, like, his dialogue, you know, and he's, he's talking about the contracts with all the different... Uh, parishes and shit like that and like um i kept thinking back to that map that uh russ was showing marty about the patterns and stuff like that and the patterns really are just uh the property because he takes care of the property if he takes care of the property he can control it and they have like these things you know these uh, whatever these devil worshiping you know rituals out in the woods and he can control it because he knows when these people aren't going to be around I know all the Bayou very well. What's he say? He's like, my family. And they're like, all right, peace, motherfucker. Yeah, then he gets off the lawnmower and he's like, you know, uh, my family's been here a long time. Now, for, some people have said online that uh, you can see the scars. Previously, did he have a beard? Is that true? Yeah, he did have a raspy beard. I watched last so, time. So did you see any uh, scars? A little bit maybe on his lip I saw. Yeah, his lip was scarred. Yeah, his cheek was scarred. There were scars, bro. You know? Yeah. There's a lot of debate, but there were definitely scars. And then the other thing is that uh, he was wearing green headphones the first time uh, Rust met him. And there's green... Uh, was he? Yeah. Huh. So uh, that's something that um, I didn't pick up myself. I actually read that on the internet. But uh, yeah, that was wild, dude. And I'm like, holy shit. And then the, the last closing image we have is, um, you know, the spiral. Of like the way he cuts the grass. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just like it's great, uh, the internet was the internet was right. The internet actually caught that that it was him, you know. But even dude, I even saw that and I didn't think it was real. You know what I mean? I saw like they the, the internet figured that out. They're trying to say now that um they gave away a clue that that guy on the lawnmower is actually one of like Marty's families related to him somehow. That would be so wild. But um, there was like a scene in, in the shed where Marty's head covered the G and King, and it said King, and then it showed Marty's face, and then it showed the picture of the spaghetti monster face. So then the episode just ends, and then we're left with one more that comes uh, this Sunday. Thankfully, the Oscars aren't uh, on. It was a. What, it, what, it, what if it ends like Blair Witch Project? Dude? What if it just like pulls like a total like. Yellow King in the corner, Marty in the corner. You know what I'm saying? What if it just leaves you with that haunting? That would suck, man. It better not haunt its way out of here. Yeah, there's got to be a, some sort of resolution. But the way I see it is, like, if the show goes on and they... I mean, if an anthology series 
follows what American Horror Story does. It'll be a totally new, you know, story and cast of characters. But if he wants to stick with this terrifying Yellow King thing, which could be, I don't know, I don't, he seems like a smart writer. Maybe he wouldn't do that, but the story could go on and on and on because that's what the show is all about is that circle. You know what I mean? Like it just keeps evolving and revolving, you know? Yeah, then it would turn his whole thing about being about the detectives into being about... Uh, it's it's crazy. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, I did think, though, that um, how great it would be to watch this show, like, binge style, instead of, like, week to week. Like, I know. you just sit there and watch, like, episode one through eight without seeing any of them. Man, I feel so, like, lucky for the people that are going to do that in the future. I mean, I, I came in halfway, and I was hoped, like, season episode four and five were just, like, insane they forced me to watch one through three all the while and now we're on the back end and it's like i want to know i want to know i want to know and still i wish i could see it all at once it's so, it's so satisfying yeah i was thinking about renting ed tv <laughs> <laughs> marty yeah marty nice so hook how marty about, how about the um hbo hasn't sent any of the screeners to critics to review smart I don't think it ever should happen. Spoilers suck, dude. Do you know, like, I, one of the things that uh, in the news that baffles me, dude, just to go off on a tangent real quick, is that uh, some movies are spoiled by uh, the toys that come out. Yeah. So, like, uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier comes out, right? And uh, spoilers, if you don't want to hear this about Captain America, um, fast forward until, uh, I don't know, just fast forward. But basically, Captain America has an action figure of the Red Skull. And if you remember the first one, the Red Skull was in it. And there's a certain character played by, and this is spoilers, turn it off, Robert Redford. And it is revealed in the toy that, in fact, Robert Redford is the Red Skull. But Robert Redford isn't listed as that on IMDb. How do you make a $200 million, $200 million um, film and have a toy spoil a huge plot point in your movie? I don't know, man. Lack of communication. Total lack of communication on that uh, person's part. I mean, Marvel Comics should be smarter about that, in my opinion. But yeah, maybe we can get some true detective action toys, huh? Oh, man. I might have to, might have to grab some of them, dude. The 1995 Marty, the 2002 Marty, the 2012 Marty. I would like it if, like, there was one where you can put, like, the wig on, like, you know, Marty with the ponytail. <laughs> Dude, I tried the other night yeah, putting my... <laughs> I put my hair in uh, a Marty ponytail the other night, as I like to describe it. You know what I mean? A little bit hanging out the side, looking like I've been drinking all day. A rust. Rust. <laughs> rust was a good man. Yeah, it's so crazy, man. Like, all the posturing that they do, it's so great. I mean, this shit, it's just, how's it so good, man? How's it so good? Look, the, the, the best would be the Ledoux action figure, that that Bigfoot pose with uh, the Cthulhu face. Dude, a Ledoux action figure would be awesome. You could have it with the mask to come on and off, uh, the jockstrap. Was Ledoux the tall man? After Was he the tall man? Yeah, Ledoux, Ledoux was the big blonde hair guy. No, I know, but remember how there's the tall man, the yellow king. I don't think animal? I don't think Reggie Ledoux, being from the brief dialogue we heard, was intellectually smart enough to be the yellow king. In my opinion, whoever that person is. No, no, no. I'm saying like, was 
like they say that there's all this mention of a yellow king, a tall man, like a guy with face on his scars. Like was Ladu the tall man, not the yellow king? Was he the tall man? I guess he was the tall man. Yeah. Hopefully it'll be revealed, man. I need. There's gotta be some closure. There's gotta be closure in this shit. Everything's still up in the air. No, but there's not. There's no certainty yet. No, not at all. Um, man, that is crazy to think that though. But, but the Yellow King has to be somebody of somebody. I mean, as we, okay, so we already saw the lawnmower man. Who else in the show could be the Yellow King? Who else out there? Is it? No, I don't know, man. I, I. What if it was Maggie? What if it was Maggie? Who? Maggie. Oh my god! <laughs> what if it's Maggie's dad? Yeah, that I saw that on the internet as well. He was a stingy old bitch. Remember, he wouldn't let Marty talk to his wife on the phone. Yeah, he was a douche. I always wondered who that was, and then I finally got it, like, the fourth time. I'm like, that son of a bitch. But, yeah, you know, the more we discuss it, the more I feel as if you might be right. I hope, Hopefully you're not right, is that Blair Witch-style ending of just leaving it on the table for you to decide, you know, Tony Soprano-style. Nah, dude, they gotta wrap it up somehow. They gotta give us something. That, I mean, just seeing that videotape was good, but it's, like, not good enough. No. That videotape was scary as shit, though. Yeah, I looked at it briefly, but I was at a job of <laughs> importance. I couldn't go through it. It's like, it's, it's funny. It's like you find it in a therapist's office after your kid went to light away. Oh, my God. It is frightening that this kind of stuff exists. Um, and people are uh, out there, but uh, I guess that's just the way we like our drama or fiction. We like to uh, be told stories that uh, start from A and eventually end at Z. But uh, in this case, who knows, Marty? Could just keep on going. The shit's inventing a whole different alphabet. You know, I mean, what can come next? Marty? I heard Vince Gilligan's writing a show with a uh, for CBS, and it's got a. Uh, Brian Singer directing it, the pilot. Yeah, I, think, I heard that. I don't like Brian Singer's films no more, man. You know what? They all look like they're filmed on a set. Like, dude, get outside the set. The X-Men Days of the Future Past trailer, it just looks boring as shit, dude. Yeah. You know? I mean, look at Superman Returns. Look at uh, Jack the Giant Slayer or something. I didn't even watch that shit, but, like, he went from uh, the usual suspects and he just became, you know, a Hollywood kind of... Ten pole movie guy, but he did make the usual suspects, and I watched that recently on Netflix. It, it still stands, this, you know, holds up. You could watch it, but uh, he man, he probably got like Michael Bay or someone else to do that for him. He probably just snuck that in there. For the listeners out there, uh, I'm also trying to get Mickey involved with it. Definitely check out season one of Hannibal. Um, you will enjoy it if you're a fan of uh, Sherlock True Detective. It's uh, out there shit. Definitely. Um, Good performances by Hugh Dancy and uh, the other dude who plays Hannibal. But uh, True Detective, yeah, all the way this Sunday. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to get uh, the Bobcast episode to you as quick as possible. Predictions? Phew, I don't know. Should I, you think it would be a good idea to like make a poll sheet or something up? You know, like a pool of things that could happen? Oh, man, yo. We might stand to make some uh, coin, but nah, it's too risky, man. You can't play with this devil satanic, uh, you know, imagery, or you'll get caught up in it. <laughs> yeah, you don't want that to happen. You gotta, you gotta enjoy the mystery sometimes. Yeah, frightening shit, dude. Uh, on my, uh, 
great. It is I, great. I've never thought about something so much. Like, I never, like, Breaking Bad, I was always excited, like, that day. But it's like, this shit, I'm just, like, every day is just devoted to thinking about what the hell's going to happen next. <laughs> I what yeah, I never really thought about Breaking Bad on a Wednesday. No. Yeah, never. You know what I mean? I like that. But the way uh, things will turn out, nobody knows. Predictions online on the Bobcast. Uh, anyway, we've got some ideas, but uh, we'd like to hear some of yours. Uh, we got uh, Facebook out there at Bob Spacecast. We got uh, Lucius Holiday on Instagram, Starving Arts Net. Hit us up. Let us know what you think. Uh, we our predictions uh, for the show is that it's going to blow our minds, probably, right? I think it's going to blow some minds, man. I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be some good. Uh, it's going to be a good finale. Yeah. So I think that uh, about wraps things up for this evening. Um, I like to thank yeah, my. And in the words of uh, one Russ Cole, you know, I do hope. I sure hope that old lady was wrong. <sighs> Tell me about, about it. About death not being the end of it. Yeah. But after all, it's fiction. It's fun. It's the true Bobcast. I'd like to thank Mickey for being my co-host this evening. No problem, man. You've been listening to another episode of True Bobcast. My name is Bob, and this has been another episode of Bobcast. Bobcast. Tune in to the Bobcast Podcast Chatting about it, making you laugh Got the internet fired up, streaming fast From the lounge with the Ouija board, summoning the past Seeing the future, animated and creative Totally articulated, anytime you want to hear it You can turn it on and play it ah! Oh my Bob, I cast a shadow from your speaker From your monitor Got it going on at www.thebobcast.podbean.com Episode of content for you and yours Come on! Pass it along and send a link to your brother, to your cousin, to your mom Never, ever, 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 ever turn it off Ring the alarm up on the river with the spliff, light them up, get done uh, So bizarre, abstract fantasy brought to you by Bob